to Hollywood and Beyond podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. This is Carrie Denzel, actor, producer, creator, and writer of State of Slay. I invite you all to join me on my blog, stateofslay.com. Slay, in this case, being an acronym for self-love, appreciate you. As I talk about my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and finding self-love and forgiveness for myself, it is a sense of community, a place of sharing, of love, and a place where we inspire and encourage one another. So come and join me and all the other Slayers at stateofslay.com. Slay on. Welcome, friends and listeners, to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. Thank you for listening. And now, your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. This is your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening today. I hope this finds you enjoying the summer. Sure seems to be flying by rather quickly, doesn't it? So get out there and enjoy the remaining days of summer with family and friends. Cherish every moment together. Well, we are on the home stretch towards the conclusion of season one here on the show. Season two kicks off in September with a lot of exciting new features. So be sure to keep up with the latest show news over on the Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham's social media pages. That would be on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned for updates on these shows regarding season two. I am very excited. I'll see all of you over there. Season one has been absolutely amazing. Many talented and interesting folks have visited me here on the show. Today is no exception. He was born and raised in Australia, eventually moving to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. That was a good decision. For my guest has appeared on, for example, ABC's General Hospital as Dr. Ewan Keenan. And he has also appeared on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as Hawaii Five-0. Not too shabby, I'd say. He has also been busy with film projects such as Along the Bed's Edge Sitting and Drone Wars. His name is Nathan Butler. I'm looking forward to learning more about him today. Nathan, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond, sir. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me, mate. Pleasure to be here. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining me today. And I believe you are joining me from a very hot Los Angeles. It is, man. It's a, it's a hot day over here. I just got back from taking my son to... Uh, trampoline world over here 
we're bouncing around and now we're just cooling off in the AC. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I'm a father too, Nathan, and um, I have to tell you, uh, I've noticed over uh, on your Instagram page in particular that, uh, boy, you it's very obvious that you are really enjoying being a dad yourself. Oh, man. I, you know, I think it's the greatest. I mean, it says on my Instagram, you know, it's the greatest role I'll ever play. You know, it's, it's the role of a father. And, you know, like things like today, like, you know, you get to be a kid again, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have went out and done those kind of things. You know, you get to, it's like a beauty of being a parent is you get to be, you know, vicariously live through them and be a child again, which is, which is nice, you know, because some of us kind of lose touch of our imaginations and our, our playfulness as we get older, you know, so that's always good. So well said. I feel the same way. Um, you know, my son just turned 18 this year. He graduated from high, sc- high school, and I'm very, very proud of him. For, well, first of all, I can't believe that he's 18 and, and he, that he's graduated wow. uh, this year. But, you know, I can relate to everything you just said. I, I think back to when he was a young boy, and, and you know how it is, Nathan. You know, you take him to the arcade, you go out for pizza, and you get to be a kid yourself. So I, I completely uh, right. know what you're trying to say there. Well, congratulations on your son, Stephen. What's his name? His name is Jacob, and thanks so much. Jacob. Well, congratulations, Jacob. That's amazing. Time flies, doesn't it? It sure does, my friend. It sure does. And and uh, I tell you what, it's uh, it's something else that, you know, here we are in August. So uh, just got to enjoy the remaining days of summer and, and uh, just keep enjoying spending time with our family. That's right. Well, let's see here. You know, a good place to start is often at the very beginning. So uh, why don't you let the folks know precisely where you are from? I'm from Australia. Um, I grew up on a on a cattle ranch. Um, I guess we call them cattle properties in Australia. And uh, we were our ranch was out in far north Queensland, which is kind of up the top of the pointy bit of Australia. And... Yeah, I grew up out there and, you know, we had a property of like 45,000 acres and, you know, a few thousand head of cattle and, you know, 50 horses and the lot, you know. Wow. So that was my up- upbringing, riding horses and flying around in helicopters and riding bulls and, you know. Oh, my. Wow. Pretty, pretty, pretty wild upbringing and, uh, yeah, and then... You know, jump ahead 34 years later, and I'm now living in L.A. and well, uh, pursuing the career of an actor. <laughs> pursuing the career of, of an actor, no doubt about it. Well, I have to ask you, you said flying around in helicopters? Yeah, well, we, like, once helicopters were introduced over there, we started to herd the cattle with helicopters, you know, because the land is so vast that, Basically, you'd have, you know, 10 or so men or a dozen men on horseback on the ground, and then you have a helicopter flying around, and the helicopter would bring the cattle to the horses, and then the horses would move the cattle off then, you know, and that's the way we'd herd them. And then, you know, also, he used the helicopter for to do a lot of fun stuff, you know. We'd, we used to jump out of it, jump out of the helicopter into the river, and, you know, do a lot of fun stuff with it, but it's a pretty, a pretty nice toy to have. Yeah, you know? I bet. 
bet. Well, so how did this um, interest in acting develop? Because obviously you could have gone down an entirely different path, you know, been a farmer, been a rancher. Uh, So I'm very curious how that all started for you. Yeah. um, I mean, it's a good question. You know, my family, like my family and cousins and Mom was a my mom was a country music singer, and I guess that's what kind of gave me the entertaining bug from the beginning. You know, it was kind of in my blood a little bit. Like I was always, as a kid, you know, mom would take us to concerts with her, and we often performed with her. You know, she'd had us get up and we'd sing, and you know, and and then I kind of let it go for, you know, when I got a little bit older because when I started school, it wasn't. You know, in Australia, it's, there's a, I don't know, it wasn't as cool to be a singer at school. You know, you ha- you kind of had to be a, a a rough boy, you know, like a, and play rugby and, you know, and be, a, you know, be kind of athletic. And the entertainment industry is not, you know, it, as a kid, it wasn't, yeah. So I kind of grew out of it. But then in at the end of high school, in year 11, grade 11 and 12, I got a drama teacher and she told me that I should pursue acting, and she kind of set me on my path to 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 do that, you know. So, and she helped me audition to uh, to NIDA in Sydney, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Art, and she helped me audition for that. And I got in, and it kind of made up my decision for me, you know, of what I wanted to do. And look, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't look back, man. I, I really love the life of an actor and being able to tell stories and I'm still also, you know, you know, playing music and, you know, doing some scoring for films. And I mean, it's such a, I think it's such a beautiful existence, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you for sharing that. Now, what is cinema like in Australia? But let's go back to when you were growing up. What was cinema like in Australia, and what is it like today? I mean, are the current releases there like they are here in the States, or is it a little bit different? Um, I think, you know, I haven't been back, I've been back and forth a little, but I haven't really spent a lot of time in Australia for like about 10 years. And, and, you know, we get all the blockbusters and stuff, they come through. They might be, you know, like a couple of weeks later. or I mean, they're probably right around the same time now. Um but I'm trying to think back. Cinema, I mean, the first movie I ever saw when I was a kid was Crocod- the first Crocodile Dundee. And my mum and dad took me to see that at a drive-in, at a drive-in movie theatre. And, you know, that was the first thing I ever saw. And that was, you know, that was amazing. It kind of opened up my, my eyes to, to film and and TV. Before then, I didn't really know. You know, I was watching... I kind of grew up watching The Simpsons. Interestingly, interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah, that was like that oh, was like wow. a staple for us. And as a kid, you know, from the ages of like two to you know like fifteen, I remember watching it religiously. And my my parents didn't really watch it or didn't really know. They just thought it was a kids show. But I mean, it's pretty. You know, it's it's for kids, but it's kind of targeted at adults too. You know, and yes, and I just remember. <laughs> I just remember loving The Simpsons so much. And then when I got to America, when I was 21, um, I remember getting off the plane at LAX and seeing the, you know, the buses. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, it's The Simpsons 
it's the Simpson school buses, you know, like we don't because we don't have those yellow buses in Australia. So I was yes. like, I was I was pretty excited, and you know, kind of brought back my my childhood. But yeah, but cinema in Australia, Aussie Aussie seems to seem to do like horror films really well for some reason. You know, you got like the Saw movies, and this cinema in Australia needs. I mean. It needs improvement. I think it needs, you know, it's, it feels like a hobby industry, but it's getting a lot better. You're seeing some, you know, some more good TV come out of Australia and the occasional good film. And, um, you know, I, I think it can only get better as, as the generations below us come up and the writers, the new writers come through. I mean, the problem is, is that it's been this older generation of, you know, TV producers and film producers that are, you know, that will, yeah, that'll that'll let some, you know, that'll let some space for the young guys to come up and do some new stuff, I guess. But I'm hoping to do some stuff in Australia, you know, when I when I get my stuff together out here. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. The Simpsons. That brings back a lot of fun <laughs> memories of me and my son Jacob uh, watching that together. Uh, he used to want to get uh, every DVD season that was released, and we would watch it together. And uh, <laughs> so, so many good memories, and um, I really enjoyed listening to your descriptions there. And you're right, a lot of the humor does go over uh, some kids' heads, and I think that's uh, intentional, no doubt about sure. it. Right. Well, you know, when I first moved to L.A. to pursue my acting career as a young guy, I was going all the way across the country. Uh, I was currently in North Carolina doing theater, and I took I-40 all the way out to California. But I was thinking, Nathan, for you, I mean, you know, and, and I thought that was uh, quite a distance, one side of the country to the other side, but you're going from another country. So I'm wondering, um, you know, when you arrived here, and uh, first of all, was it your first time uh, to California or to the uh, States? And second of all, what about the adjustment period for you? What experience was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was my first time to the States and to California. And, you know, there was a, there was a quite a huge adjustment period because... In Australia, I had, you know, I had graduated from, you know, the most prestigious acting, you know, institute in Australia, and I kind of had a, I had some momentum there, and I was doing, you know, TV and film, and, you know, I was kind of getting a pretty steady, consistent flow of work, and I just thought, you know, I, I was like, oh, you know, I want to do it, I want to go and check it out, and, you know, see if I can throw my hat in the ring, and. It was, you know, the adjustment period of, I guess, you know, getting here and finding it so competitive and just, you know, like LA being just inundated with, with actors and, you know, like so many good actors and, um, you know, just the competition of having to, you know, book a job and I, and then also you've got the visa to deal with and you've got to get, you know, your immigration status kind of sorted out and, you know, that's hard as well. And, you know, for, especially if you have no money, you know, and at the point at that time, I didn't really have any, any, you know, my finances were kind of low and I, you know, I came here and I had to basically, you know, my options were, I had to kind of book a lead role in something to get my visa. You know, like they weren't going to 
they weren't going to sponsor you or give you a visa if you're going if you're booking a guest part, a guest role, or you know a co-star. So I couldn't really audition for anything other than leads, and you know leads are kind of going to a lot of names and that kind of thing. And it took me, you know, it took me a few years to get my feet wet and kind of learn the LA grind a little bit. And then, you know, I think it was, I think I was, I'd, I'd been here maybe four and a half years, almost five years when I booked, you know, um, the, that lead in general hospital when I booked Dr. Ewan Keenan's, uh, and that was it, you know, that kind of helped me get my visa and get me, you know, get me kind of situated here more permanently. So that, that was a blessing. That sealed the deal and, uh, for you, General Hospital. Yeah. It made a big difference. It, it made a big difference. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you're right. You you arrived to L.A. or Hollywood, and wow, you it doesn't take long to realize just how much competition is out there and pretty darn good competition at that. However, you know, it's interesting. The vibes you pick up on, I'm sure you noticed this uh, rather quickly. If you flip the coin over, you know, all the positives is, wow, it, the artistic energy is just all over the place. At least it was for me, and I found that to be very inspirational. Yeah. No, that's true, too. Like, the people I've met here and, you know, the contacts that I've made, I mean, that's, and, and built, you know, is and continue to, is what kind of makes this town special, you know, and being able to create now with a bunch of amazing filmmakers and artists who have developed, you know, great working with working relationships and friendships with. That's you know, that's the amazing part of being in in LA that I have to say Australia Australia doesn't really offer, you know. So. Well, if we uh, go back to General Hospital, now, I have to tell you that, you know, working on a daytime drama, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of hard work, isn't it? I mean, you, you're going to uh, learn a lot about memorization because you're going to have a lot of material, at least in most cases, to memorize. Um, it can right. be an excellent source of training for all of those reasons. You're working with really talented folks. So how did the opportunity to audition for General Hospital develop? Did you just get a call from your agent and say, hey, go there and, and give this role a shot? Uh, any backstory to the audition by chance? Yeah, um, it was I, my manager got me the audition. And, you know, I remember going to the audition and just thinking, you know, this, I, I don't know, I was feeling really confident at the time and I've been here, like I said, almost five years. I kind of had, you know, had had been working and in uh, other various uh, sides of the industry. I started working as a cinematographer and I kind of learned all the, you know, the, the kind of behind the scenes um, on the other side of the camera, I should say. And I started working quite consistently as a, a cameraman and cinematographer. And so I had, you know, I had the money in my pocket. I was feeling good and comfortable. And I think that helped a lot in going into this audition. And I just was, I was confident, Steve. And I was like, this guy is me. And I just don't think he's anyone else, you know, like, I don't really think anyone else has a shot. <laughs> you know, I went in with that <laughs> attitude and, you know, that was the first audition. And then I got the callback and I was at the same attitude at the callback. I was like looking at all these other guys and I was like, I don't even... In my head, I was like, I don't even know why you guys are here, like bothering to be here. And 
you know, I was cocky for sure. But, you know, it got me the role. I mean, I had the chemistry test with Julie Berman, and that was nice, you know. I, you know, I, I think I did some pretty bold things in the chemistry test. And, and then, um, you know, I remember sitting in a coffee shop in Silver Lake the, the day I got the call. And, you know, like, I, funnily enough, like, I, I was so, I was happy. But I wasn't surprised, you know. I was like, I was like, all right, cool, here we go, you know. So you must have really felt a connection to this character. I mean, yeah, I think I did. You know, I really like. Funnily enough, I really liked the scene, and the scene never made it. It never was a scene written to be in the show. It was just a scene, you know, written by the writers, and it was really good. It was like a really well crafted scene, you know, which had the nice arc. And it was, you know, like it was a little bit wordy and kind of monologue-y, but it was nice. It was a nice scene. It was, a, it was a, like a perfect audition scene to showcase yourself, which is probably why they they do that for that purpose. But um, it was never in the show, which I was kind of disappointed a little bit because it would have been fun to play. Oh, I um, bet. Well, now, uh, portraying a doctor. So did you have to do some research for this uh, character uh, in advance? I did. I mean, I was playing a psychiatrist, so um, you know, I did. I'd actually never been to therapy before, and I and then, so I got a therapist, and I was you know working with them, and, um, wow. and I was actually de- and I was actually dating a therapist at the time, so that oh, wow. kind of helped. Hey, there you and go, then, <laughs> right? And that was just coincidentally, and so yeah, so it was you know it kind of worked out, and you know yeah, I had a lot of fun. That could help you with your research. Say, hey, I'm going to lay on the couch here, and you do what you usually do, and then I'm just going to kind of see how you handle your patient. I mean, that might work out pretty good. That's so cool. Wow. So you were on the show, was it for uh, approximately a a year's time? It was like two years. So I was on it for a year, and then then the... the, uh, the executive producers kind of changed hands, you know, and Frank Valentini came on from from Jill, and that's when I kind of lost my job because he brought on all these actors from One Life to Live, but then I kind of got it back because I um, kind of asked him for it, and you know, got a kind of got another six months out of it. But uh, oh, nice, yeah, had a good had a good little run there, you know, a couple of hundred apps and. Yeah, had a little fun. Well, I have a, a lot of respect and, for actors that work on jobs. daytime television, and um, yeah, and you know my um, my base of knowledge, so to speak, is with uh, the Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful. But of course, I do know uh, in general about the other shows as well. Um, it's a medium that's very intriguing to me. So I'm very curious, though. Was there uh, any love interest for your character, or was there a leading lady that you got to uh, work a lot with while you were on General Hospital? Yeah. Um, I mean, my main love interest was with uh, Rebecca Hurst. And, yeah, and I was great. You know, she was really lovely. Um, and, you know, I was, I gotta say, I was pretty, I felt so young on the show. It feels like a while ago now. But, you know, I feel like the cast really, they, they were so welcoming and, you know, kind of made you feel at home there and, you know, kind of helped you 
helped you through it, you know, like through those kind of green days, as I say, you know, because when you're first on it, it is, it's like you have so much dialogue and, you know, like you feel the pressure of the time crunch that they have on everything and you really, you know, you really don't get a chance to do multiple takes. You, you, if you get through your dialogue, no matter how it comes out, they kind of, they kind of have to use it, you know. They kind of just move yes. on. You can't, you can't really ask for another take. Maybe some of the more seasoned so stars can get another take or whatever. But you know, you'd start like learning the tricks of the trade, and you know, like, I remember a couple of times I would, if I thought the scene was wasn't going how I wanted it to go, I would, you know, I would just look down the barrel of the lens and just start cursing, you know, <laughs> like quite politely, though. You know what I mean? politely cursing down the lens and then that then that say okay well we can't use that we have to go back and (laughs) well we have to go back (laughs) now (laughs) we gotta go back now you know so like you know a few of the old guys saw me that and they're like you just gotta kind of be aware when you're if you don't think you're on your you know but you know the game you just i've done um a considerable more amount of theater and you know there's a certain mm-hmm. energy with a live audience which i'm sure you are aware of but you know your right. description uh, you know basically we've got to get these takes in you know we don't have like 12 takes i mean in theory right you know, they're going to be one or two at the most most likely i mean we we don't want uh, or have time for a lot of errors obviously i mean human nature will happen but we want to keep that to a minimum i'm wondering that must bring as an actor almost like like that theater vibe because it kind of uh, gets the energy going, doesn't it? Like I got to really be on my toes here, right? Yeah, you know it really does. I mean, I mean, the, I guess the only difference with theater is that you have, you know, you have had so much time, hopefully, um, to rehearse. And with you know, with soaps, you you're lucky if you did a table read. Very rarely you didn't. Um, so you've re- your rehearsal time is like, you know, the five minutes you've read with your scene partner in or your co-star in the in the dressing room, you know. If you were even lucky to get that, you know, because some actors like like their personal space and they like their kind of prep time. So it's really, you know, sometimes you know you felt like you were kind of acting with yourself. And I mean, I you know I don't recommend this. But there were there were days where I was memorizing my dialogue in the car, like oh, looking no. at my script while like in traffic, driving to work. You know, that's like, that's kind of risky, know, isn't it? <laughs> it's risky, and I, I would never do it again. And yes, yeah. I think I think uh, you know that the pressure of that. I mean, was you know, and then I, we, I guess they cut our budget halfway through when I was working there, and you know, I we're see. starting to trying to cram two full episodes in per day, like two 45 episodes, 45, you know, to 50 minute episodes a day. So like, you know, you're talking about 30, like each actor having to learn over 30 pages of dialogue a day. You know, I had days like that. And, you know, when you get around to lunchtime, you have some food and then you come back after your lunch break and your brain's starting to get a bit scrambled, you know, you're a bit tired. You got that, yeah. food coma and then you're expected to like remember these lines i remember like drying on lines all the time and going like i'm sorry guys i just my brain is just not i mean you know 
Sure. And they respectfully give you a minute and let you kind of recover and take a breath and kind of figure out where you are and then yes. get back to it. <laughs> wow, congratulations on, on all your hard work. And I'm sure you gave an outstanding performance. I've not seen any of, of the clips that involve your character, but I'm hoping I can come across some of those down the road. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you can find them on, you know, on the YouTube. I'm sure they're all over there. Well, I look forward to hunting those down, um, very much so. And um, and of course, having Rebecca Herbst as a a co-star and leading lady—that's not too shabby either, is it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> wow. Not too shabby at all. Well, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk about primetime for a a bit here. Um, Another ABC program, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I only had a, you know, I had a co-star on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, um, you know, they kind of, the storyline got really cool. They had, you know, developed this kind of post-apocalyptic world, but we're living in outer space. But my character had you know, had never been to Earth and was born in outer space. And we got to do this cool scene where we're kind of floating in zero gravity. Um, and then the the hatch of our spacecraft kind of opens and then it's shut. And there's like this shot of the camera kind of panning around me as I'm floating in midair, kind of like a Matrix-type shot. Oh, wow. And uh, it was fun. It was cool. It was cool to see them, you know, do some special effects and... Uh, you know, that kind of stuff, and and then I get killed, you know, in the scene and Ooh, taken by, a, by some kind of alien creature out there. Uh, but, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun, man. Like, you know, again, the chance to work on these big sets to see how they're all operated. And, I mean, it just helps, you know, every like stepping stones to, towards the next thing, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Nathan, isn't it amazing? I mean, talking about the program that you know you're that we're discussing here i i just so many television shows right now have special effects that are so good it's like watching you know movies in in essence Uh, for example supergirl that there is a show that just totally amazes me i mean i literally feel like i'm watching a movie every episode it's so high quality um and it's very, very well done. And the same for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, we are living in an amazing time for television. Right. Yeah, no, I think we are. Man, we really are. I mean, and just the special effects that are, that are, that are so... You know, obviously, they're getting more affordable now to, to produce. And the technology, I mean, you, you, like, we can't even keep up with the technology. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. You know? It's well, exciting. maybe you'll uh, wind up on Supergirl someday. that would be a great show to be on well i noticed another program um i was hoping you could uh, describe it in more detail it's called winners and losers and i noticed that you were on a whole bunch of episodes so would you mind sharing that experience with us sure yeah winners and losers was a uh, australian tv show um australian primetime tv show kind of I want to say it's a little bit like uh, Sex in the City. The show is based around four girls who win the lottery and 
they buy a ticket together and they win the lottery and then it's kind of, you know, the show unfolds of what they do oh, with their okay. money and like how they live their lives. So it was, a, it was like a dramedy, like an Aussie dramedy. And I played um, Luke McKenzie, who's a police officer and a love interest to one of the main girls on the show. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, that was really fun. You know, it was a nice chance for me to go back to Australia and have some quality time with my mum and dad and you know i got to take my oh, son yes. and wife there and you know melbourne is a really beautiful city and again you know it's such a, like a really beautiful team and you know really nice people and yeah that was fun i was on yeah i guess three three years of that show three nice. seasons um so i think we did yeah like 20 three to 26 episodes a year so it was kind of like a nice schedule doing like an episode a week Instead of two episodes a day, <laughs> like <laughs> wow. kind of a different, it's like a different, totally different pace. You know, like it was very, yes. it was a very relaxed schedule. I found myself, you know, reading books and going to the gym and to the beach and oh, nice. occasionally going in and doing some acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's wonderful. Oh, that's just awesome. Yeah. Now that's the life, my friend, right there. Get to, get to do some acting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hang out at the yeah. coffee shop or or right. all that good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And and it sounds like this was a, a production that is primarily aired there. I mean, is it aired here in the States as well? I'm just not sure. And you know, you know what's disappointing about some of these, like, uh, the Aussie networks? Like, the, that's Channel 7 and Channel 9 and Channel 10. Like, the Aussie, I guess they're similar to the ABC and NBC and and the CBS networks of Australia is that they don't like they they never like sell their shows to Netflix or Amazon's or any of those online medias when they're done airing them in Australia. And I don't understand for the life of me why. Like I, I don't know why they don't they don't distribute them to the to the online networks because it would you know obviously you'd, you'd make so much more money. And I just, I don't know, I just don't, that makes sense to me. And I think that was, it's like going back to the, these older, these older execs and producers who run the, the TV studios over there. They're just like, you know, they're just stuck in these old ways. And they're, they're kind of, you know, they're hesitant to jump on this new, you know, this new way of sharing media with the world, you know? Hmm. So... You know, I think you could probably get them if you went online and searched for them. Sure. You might be able to get DVDs or you could probably download them, you know, from certain websites and stuff. But, you know, definitely not easy to watch. And, you know, it would be, I think that show would do so well on Netflix or, you know, Amazon or Hulu. It would do so well. I think, it, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you ever watched on Hulu, the show Casual. I've you know, not the, seen it. I was also... I was also on that show, and that was a show on Hulu, which is super popular, a dramedy, you know. And Winners and Losers is actually so similar to Casual. And it's, you know, Casual is one of Hulu's flagship shows. Like, it's huge. Um, but anyway, yeah. That's, well, uh, Winners and Losers sounds like it would fit right at home on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. No, they would love it. And Luke McKenzie, I like it. that name. That's a good name. Good name for a character. Right. Well, uh, Nathan, uh, I tell you what, I have been studying World War II since I was a young boy, 
This is way before the internet, and I started doing it with my a set of encyclopedias, <laughs> and I would look oh, wow. up uh, uh, different battles or prominent uh, leaders or in, in, in true events of, from the war, and the interest continues today. Uh, definitely a complex and, and horrifying and devastating time in, in history. Uh, and the reason why I'm bringing this up to you is that I noticed that you were on the miniseries The Pacific, and I was just mm-hmm. uh, very interested in asking about uh, what that was like for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was, uh, you know, I wish I had been on more episodes of it, but that was like, I was, you know, I got to go to war and, you know, have all these guns and this, these toys without actually going, you know, like without actually being in the real thing. And what an amazing experience. And again, like such a huge set, like they had, those massive aircraft carriers, you know, these things are the size of, like, jumbo, like, 747s, like, half of a plane, like, out of the ground on fire, and they've got Mm. tanks driving around, and, I mean, just the scale of that production was phenomenal, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, I had a a, a small part playing a young American soldier on that, and... um, yeah, that was fun, man. That all that all shot out in Australia, you know, um, which is, I guess, you know, probably a huge reason why I got the job. A lot of the kind of, you know, subsidiary characters went to, you know, Aussie, Aussie young Aussie guys, um, and yeah, that was a great experience, Stephen. Um, getting to learn, you know, to use all those old weapons and you know, getting a little bit of training and having those old American, like, drill sergeants, like, mm-hmm. you know, yelling at us and keeping us in line. And I didn't get to do it, but a lot of the cast, like the main cast, got to do the, the kind of boot camp that they put them through. And where they did it was up where, actually, I grew up and up in North Queensland. And, they, you know, it rains up there. It's like rainforest, you know. So it was miserable for these guys and these actors, but... You know, I'm sure it helps because, like, when you look at it and you watch it, like, all these guys, you know, so tired and they're, like, being there on set with them, like, I'd come in and out, you know, as a guest star and, and, you know, I kind of had a lot more energy than them and they were all drained. And I even remember Remy Malik, you know, who's, like, a huge star now. Like, he, I remember having coffee with him sitting around this little fire. and You know, they just try to make it so real for the actor, that yes. you don't have to act, you know, like you just run into this scene and you're like, it's so intense, you know, and they got to have these grenades that go off and the grenades are filled with like, um, soil, you know, so it's proper like gunpowder in them or whatever, whatever makes them explode, but you feel the impact of the explosion, you know, kind of like a deep, sub base of a car similar and then you get you know covered with you know all this debris and stuff i mean it it looks great for camera you know and and again you don't have to act and when your bullets are firing you're firing blanks and those blank bullets in those old guns i mean they're louder than projectiles you know they're so loud so i mean again it was you know i'd always when i was young kind of similar to you you know i i had had grandeurs about, you know, being in the army or, you know, fighting for your country. And I never did it, but I'll tell you what, that was, 
that was as close as I'd, I'd kind of like to get to it. Uh, good fun. Well, I just uh, had the incredible experience of being able to go into the cockpit of a real uh, World War II bomb carrier. So the really big ones, right? <laughs> and wow. I have to tell you, um, you know, I was up there and I was thinking several things. And one is that all these guys depended on each other, right? When they're flying, they all had their certain jobs. But I was also thinking of just how incredibly brave they had to be, you know, going up there, just never knowing if they're going to come back. And, um, you know, just really makes you think about that. And I'm sure that when you were doing your scenes that maybe those thoughts crossed your mind as well from time to time. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, there was all the, like, soldiers on the ground, like all the Japanese soldiers that that were, were dying or dead, you know, and they were all, act, like, extras and real people. <laughs> and they were all in, like, all this, you know, makeup and prosthetics and, you know, in between takes, we're like, you know, asking them if they're okay and we're like giving them water and oh like they're kind of, you know, some sometimes they're smiling and laughing, but most of the time they're just tired, they're in the sun all day, they're like, yeah. you know, and at that point, like, we're all on the same team, you know? <laughs> so, well, we're all battle-weary yeah. here, for real. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, you know, that's an HBO production, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what's very interesting is that I have yet to see it, but I'm actually getting ready to start it. And I'm looking forward to uh, finally being able to, to see it. So I'll have to look for you, my friend. Yeah, you'll have to look for me. I mean, uh, you probably saw Band of Brothers, right? Yes. You saw that one? Yeah, Band of Brothers is so good. And, you know, I feel like the Pacific was yes. a, like an afterthought of, after Band of Brothers. And I have to say Band of Brothers is... Like, it's pretty incredible compared to the Pacific, which was, you know, I'm just being honest, but yeah, you know, like a little, it felt like it was a little rush and maybe they didn't have as much time with writing it and prep preparing it, you I know, see. whereas, you know what I mean? But it's still enjoyable and you still get the history of those, those historic battles. Like they're pretty, they, I, I feel like they kept fairly consistent to the story, you know? Well, you know what? Uh, speaking of film, I find it rather um, ironic and surreal that you were in the film. Are you ready for this? For those listening, Australia. <laughs> so I got a connection there. Uh, first of all, um, very fascinating movie. Um, intrigued me in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, th that also has a connection to the uh, Second World War. But uh, what was your experience like uh, being able to work on that production? I mean, I think, I think Baz Luhrmann is like a revolutionary filmmaker. You know, he's so, he's so unique. And his storytelling is like one of a kind in the same vein as like many directors, you know, like Tarantino and Scorsese's and whatever, they all have this such a different like taste and style, you know, like Baz Baz's style is it's quite beautiful, you know, very larger than life, almost like music theater type world that he likes to color, you know, very colorful and um that was I mean, it was such an honor to work on that project. You know, it's such a like a Two, almost like a two hundred million dollar movie, you know, and yes. um, 
I mean, that was that was my first job out of drama school, and that was uh, that was the great. It was my first job, and it was like one of my wow. first. Or it was one of my first auditions, and I'll tell you what, the audition was like the best audition I've ever had because this is what I had to do, Stephen. I go in, there's this little scene, it's kind of like an argument um, with uh, the character of the writer who was Hugh Jackman's character. It's like this argument with, with Hugh's character, and then they get into like a bit of a fight. You know, it was very short, very like a very short scene, two page kind of scene. And then they get into a little fight, and they they wanted me to do just a little bit of, you know, like like stage combat, just a little bit, of throw some punches and show oh, you can kind wow. of block and bend yeah. and do some of that, just a bit of boop, boop movement, pretty simple, <laughs> pretty basic. And then they go, and this is a lot Fox Studios in Sydney. And then they go, <clears throat> okay, Nathan, um, now we want to ask you if you can ride a horse. This is at the end of the audition, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, um, of course I can ride a horse. And, you know, because you know my background, I mean, I grew up doing it, you know, like I can, you know, I can ride bull, I can ride bulls jumping out of the chute. And so this is the funny thing though. They go, okay, great. And like, we'll follow us. And then we turn around and walk out of the, of, of the trailer where the audition was out of the little room. And then they, we walk into a studio and inside the studio, like inside, they have dirt laid down and an arena and a horse. And, they have a few jumps and a barrel and and a whip, like a stock whip. And they go, Okay, get on the horse <laughs> And <laughs> you know, they're filming they're filming this whole thing the whole time, you know, they got the camera on. And I get on the horse and I go and the horse is actually and I've ridden a lot of horses, you know, I've even broken in horses. And the horse is actually a little timid and it's not the quietest horse. You know, and I'm i I'm totally fine with it. But as I get on it, I'm thinking, damn, man, any other actor who came in here and said they could ride a horse could not ride this horse. And I guarantee you, like, all the guys who auditioned, I'd say a majority of them fell off when I got on. When I got on this horse, I was like, oh, damn, this guy is like, he's, you know, he's got a little fire in his belly. <laughs> and so they tell, me to, they tell me to ride around, you know, they go over these jumps, you know, they're like kind of two, three-foot jumps, go around this barrel, and then pull the horse up and come to a like sliding stop. And I do it all, you know, with, with flying colors. And then I stop the horse right in front of the camera. And then they go, can you crack a whip? Can you crack a whip? And I go, yeah, I'll do it on the horse. And they throw me the whip and I crack the whip like over the horse's head, you know, in the air. And it makes like a loud, you know, and the horse kind of, you know, it doesn't like it a lot, but I hold its reins and then that's it. You know, they tell me to get off the horse. They say they'll send the tape to Baz Lerman. And, you know, I think it was 24 hours later, they said, you know, Baz watched your tape, my agent said, and you're flying out to Bowen to be in the movie, you know, Australia. Wow. So, and, you know, I, like, I also think, I don't know, but Baz Lerman went to NIDA, you know, the, the, the drama school I went to as uh -huh. an actor. You know, I kind of felt there was some kind of soft spot there too. And, you know, I mean, it's it's all kind of, it feels like a bit of a connection, you know. And he was so lovely to me on set. He kept me on set for so long where he didn't really need, need me. But, I mean, I just feel like he was keeping me, you know, on the payroll and I wasn't going to argue. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I, had a, I think I was on set for like three months, you know, where I said, 
I said like 50 words, you know? So. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing yeah, pretty, that story. That's, that's remarkable. <laughs> that cool. And, um, <laughs> wow. I'll tell you the adventures we can have on a film set or a television set. Right. Or the, I mean, you, you walk away with uh, quote unquote war stories. I mean, you can, yeah. just, you know, it, there's just, it's, I just never get tired of, of listening to them. So thanks for all these wonderful stories. So I have two more film projects in particular to ask you about before I give you a chance to uh, mention up anything that you would like to. But I thought I would mm-hmm. uh, backtrack to Hawaii Five O because I intended to ask what that experience was like. That must have been pretty cool. That was really cool, and uh, um, my actually friend um, who I met uh, many years ago when I was at drama school again, Alex O'Loughlin, who's the lead, um, Steve McGarrett on that show. Um, he was directing that episode, so it was a it was a really nice kind of kind of full circle moment of you know working with Al. And when I was in Sydney, you know, he had graduated already, and he was you know he's kind of 15 years older than me so he's you know he kind of took me under his wing a little bit back in sydney when i was a kid you know i was only 17 i was in drama school and you know jump ahead like 17 years later you know we're working on a, a show together you know a primetime show and man, i got to be a villain you know which i've really enjoyed um i've really enjoyed these these you know antagonist roles and uh you know, I got to play cops and robbers and rob a yeah. bank. You know, we we we, we oh, kind of tried my. to recreate. It was fun. We tried to kind of recreate um, the famous robbery scene from Heat. You know, and oh, okay, uh, yeah. You know that that was. I feel like that was kind of what they were going for. And I, you know, uh. I feel like we did a pretty decent job. Like you watch it back, you know, they got some really <laughs> awesome music that's in there. When the getaway yes. song, you know the spending plenty of money on rights for music and like you know they've got all the explosions and the yeah it was cool and i was man i was kind of pretty a pretty badass dude and that was fun it was fun to you know it's fun to play a character because i don't often get to do that you know in my regular life because you know robbing a bank in paradise i'll tell you robbing a bank in paradise (laughs) wow hawaii and talk about you know like doing a those primetime shows where you're shooting an episode in a week or two weeks, even wow. it's just, again, it's like luxury, you know, I'm yes. there for two weeks. Nice. I shoot, you know, every other day or, you know, I'll be shooting a scene and then I'm just like exploring the Island and climbing those mountains and jumping off waterfalls and, you know, oh, swimming wow. and scuba diving with sharks and turtles. and Oh man. Oh, gorgeous. I, I think I need to get yeah. a guest role on that show. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I think you do, man. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. Well, another great story. I'll have to look for your episode. Well, I would definitely uh, need to ask you about this uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Just wondering what that filming experience like was for you. X Men Origins, yeah, that was you know that was straight after. Uh, straight after I did Australia, and um, you know, I got to, I got a little again a small little role. Um, I was playing a, a male nurse, a male doctor. That uh, you know, Hugh Jackman's character Wolverine comes in. He's just been stabbed by Sabretooth, and he comes in. He's you know he's not breathing. He's kind of 
comes in on the gurney from the ambulance and we're, as we're fixing him, you know, he wakes up and kind of goes crazy and, you know, kills us and then kind of runs away, you know. But that was oh, the scene. It's very, very short but brief. But it was nice. Again, you know, it was nice to see Hugh and I, I must sure. say and, and give Hugh Jackman a compliment is that he remembers everybody. And he knows everyone on set by their first name, and he's such a gentleman. And like he'll give you the t- he'll talk to you, and just you know, he's such a such a nice dude, um, and a great actor. You know, he sure is, um, and that's wonderful so that, to hear. That was humbling, and I would say he he's one of my idols for sure, one of my favorite actors, and I've always idolized him. You know, and for him to, and then for to, to work with him twice, and for him to you know. Seeing him again six months later on Wolverine and him to yell out, you know, yell out my name and welcome me, you know, was was pretty, was a pretty, uh, like, humbling experience, I must say. I'll tell you, when when someone, especially in his position and responsibility with his role, got a lot going on there, and he still has time to remember everybody's name on a set, that says a lot about that person. It really does. Even to the person, like, you know, wrangling the cables and bringing the coffees, like, everyone, you know, like, it's very impressive. Um, gentleman, yeah. Very talented actor. And, well, I did want to ask you about another project. Um, it's called, it, it's, it's not a short title, it's Along the Bad's <laughs> Edge Sitting. So, yeah. what is the um, a story behind this? I, I have read a description and I find it very interesting, but I'll let you go ahead and, and describe it. Sure, yeah. Along the Bed's Edge Sitting was um, a short film that I produced uh, a year or so ago with a, with a dear friend of mine, um, Charles Benson, who wrote it and he directed it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a beautiful kind of story that he'd originally written back in high school, but then, you know, we've kind of revamped it and brought it back. And it was a, it was a nice kind of story about a, you know, a, a young star athlete, um, at high school who, you know, knocks his girlfriend up and kind of decides to go the route of family instead of pursuing his, you know, what was probably going to be a very successful career in in basketball and it's a it's a very like you know like a lower car lower class kind of struggle movie you know a little bit like i don't know if you ever saw that manchester by the sea with casey affleck you know a a very kind of yeah a very you know heavy themed you know lower class movie um and again you know it was just a chance for me to produce something and um you know, do some acting, and I wasn't going to play the the guy, but our actor who we got ended up getting cast in this really big play, and he had to go and do that. So I ended up playing the guy, and I had to play an eighteen year old at you know thirty years old. And I don't know, I think I just pulled it off. If you if you watch the trailer or the movie, you'll you'll see me. You know, we shot the basketball, fun, you know, the, that kind of iconic shot of the you know, the star athlete hitting the buzzer beater with the crowd cheering and, you know, all the players going crazy. You know, that was a, amazing for me to produce that and, and pull off this day where we have, you know, 500 extras and all these actors and the players and have it all work in unison and to get this, you know, shot. is It's quite amazing what you do for, for a film, you know? No doubt about it. you go to. Yeah. 
Well, Nathan, I have had just uh, such a good time speaking with you uh, today and, and you sharing all of these stories. I'll tell you what, um, uh, just such wonderful stories, uh, the adventures of acting. I, I, I just love it. Yeah, it is an adventure, isn't it, Sam? Well, how can folks learn more about you? Let's say they're out there and they're like, hey, I want to learn more about Nathan. So how would they best go about doing that? Um, Yeah, you can just go to my my socials, um, the Instagrams and the Twitters, and it's just my name, um, which is a little weirdly spelled. And it's Nathan with an I, N-A-T-H-I-N, and Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R. And it's just my name at the Instagrams and Twitters, and yeah, you'll find me on there. And I've got a, another project coming out within the next month or so here, which was a film I shot out in Alabama that I directed. And so you'll look for that soon, and oh, I'll release congratulations. that. Congratulations! Thank you. I'll release that. Uh, that'll be released within the next month or so. But um, yeah, looking forward to getting that out there for the world to see. Well, any other projects around the corner, by chance? Uh, we have a few in development. I have a production company, so we're Great. you know we're working away. We're writing and working with producers and um, trying to get those up and running, which is uh, exciting. And you know that, and uh, you know I'm just out there auditioning for for uh, the next big role. So hopefully I'll uh, hopefully I'll be on a Marvel movie soon, Stephen. That's the goal. <laughs> hey, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and until then, you can practice with your son. You know, you can, you can, um, you know, enjoy fatherhood and, and all that goes with it. That's true, man. Actually, we're going to jump in the pool right now. Well, you enjoy that swim, and I uh, want to say, uh, please come back and visit me again uh, soon. I'd enjoy that. All right, Steve, and that sounds good, mate. I will, for sure. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com that is Hollywood and Beyond show at gmail.com I look forward to hearing from you soon Hollywood and Beyond podcast created, produced and hosted by actor and writer Stephen Brittingham thank you for listening